following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Today we celebrate the uh, birthday of Tom Petty. We're going to do some intro music uh, of cover songs that he did. Right. Covers, cover songs that Petty did because, you know, his main focus was definitely as a songwriter, but he got rock and roll. He got rhythm and blues. He got soul music. Right. He, he got the very basic foundations of what rock and roll is all about and i just want to showcase that this morning and i i I love his cover versions of some of these songs we're playing play this one a little more How good is that? Yeah, that's good. I've had an interesting week. I'll talk to you a little bit about it. I, I'm going to read my Bible verse first. This is a little bit lengthy. So this is from the book of Galatians, chapter 4. And this talks about in Christ becoming a child of God rather than just a servant of God. Chapter 4, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be the Lord of all. But under tutors and governors under the time appointed of the Father, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. This is the this is the inheritance that is open to people who 
give their lives to Christ and are uh, willing to uh, make him their Lord, uh, they become adopted sons. How be it then you uh, knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now after you've known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. See, he was talking to the Galatians who had turned their back on this sonship in Christ and had become uh, people who, um, well, they had been stuck in witchcraft, really. Uh, been told, you know, you need to do this by this certain time and this by at this time of the year and astrology, basically. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. You know how through the infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel to you at first, and my temptation, which was in my flesh, you despised not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God. So he goes on and uh, he says that there's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. And if you're going to be in the spirit, it will always be at war with the flesh. Um, and that the spiritual way is the way that's proper to those who know Jesus Christ and, and are called by him. So this is Galatians 4. I wanted to tell you about my week. Uh, I uh, I have a dog that uh, I, I have some property down at Station Camp, which is kind of on the on the uh, border between Estill and Jackson counties. It's a long Station Camp Creek, which, by the way, is a is a uh, wild and scenic creek i don't know if it's been uh designated that it, I, I haven't seen it designated that but it is certainly that when you think about the the three forks that make up the station camp creek the south fork and uh or at least two forks but i was down there and uh had my dogs my five dogs with me and all of a sudden I noticed one of them was missing and uh he's the oldest of them and I couldn't find him at all went back the next day couldn't find him so I thought well maybe he's just gone off in the woods to die because he well, he is quite old he's 16 right and uh I enlisted the help of uh, a fellow down there named Bill, and uh, Bill helped me look for him, and we couldn't come up with any hiding or hair of him. Um, so I just sort of gave up on him. Yesterday, my wife gets a text. This is six days after the dog had been lost. She gets a text, and he found him. He had been out in the woods. Uh, evidently, he'd 
found some people up there who fed him, and he wasn't uh, skinny or bony or anything. He did, in fact, nothing had. He, there was nothing wrong with him at all, except he smelled like the woods. That was it. Um, so it was an incredible situation of of losing a dog for six days and then finding him back. And some of some of you all may have stories about dogs that you've lost in the past and, and found again. This one was one of the most uh well it's it's the most noteworthy lost and found situation with a dog I've ever encountered. Uh, I I know some people have lost dogs for weeks at a time. And uh, this was six days, you know, and it rained and stormed up there and that kind of thing. But he's back now. He's laying on the floor of the closet where he sleeps at home and uh, snoring blissfully. So that was just an amazing thing that happened to me this week. Uh, we also had uh, some turbulence in the stock market, which we will discuss in the second hour. Um, so it's just uh, a real happy day for me to have the dog back. I'm glad that story ended well because yeah. I don't want to know the other side of that story if it did happen. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you found them. Well, there's black bears up there. There's, uh, coyotes everywhere, you know, uh, that would get after an old dog and probably do him in. He, he can't move as fast as either one of those. And, uh, you know, uh, he just a sitting duck, but, uh, there were five people up there that lived up on this ridge and they were, uh, well, at least five, but they were all waiting for me when, when I got there to, and they talked about how each one of them had done something to help him. One lady had fed him some and, uh, another guy had tied him up on his porch and that's where he was when I, when I got up there, he was clipped into a rope on the guy's porch. And somebody was looking out for him. Yeah. It's just amazing. I mean, uh, I, I had a friend of mine last year. She went through the same thing. Her cat snuck out the door and uh, ran off, and he was missing for a week. And you know, she did everything she could. She posted on neighborhood bulletin boards. I told right. her to leave some food out, leave some clothes out. Maybe he can pick up a scent to find his way back. And she was just an emotional wreck. And then a week later, here he comes trotting up through her backyard. Yeah. And it didn't look like anything had happened to him. This is the same thing with Jack. He, he he does not look the worst for wear at all. I mean, when he gets to feeling bad, I may just take him, put him out in the woods for a few days, because he finds his way back. You know, he he, it's just incredible. Uh, he, he needed that holistic experience. Well, his back legs were starting to give out, mm. and he doesn't look like they're giving out now. It looks like he, whatever it took him to get through the, the woods that he got through to get out of there, strengthened him. You know, he's 16 years old. He was, we were talking about when we were going to have to put him down and he looks like he's just been given a youthful shot. So, um, 
I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, it's something that I can't understand. Anyway, let's take a break. It is the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. From work to kids to running errands, you're always on the go. To work, the gym, or running errands. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Hey, Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Do you understand your retirement savings and investments? Do you know how much you can reasonably expect to take from them after you retire without diminishing the principal? If you haven't thought about these things, you should because they can affect how long your money may last. At Dupree Financial Group, we've been following things like this for some time. Our goal for our clients is to make their investments produce income for them from dividends and interest without diminishing their principal. If you'd like a free consultation about your retirement investments, Give us a call at 859-233-0400. We'll give you an honest assessment of what we think your investments will produce for you in retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Blue Moon. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, more of Tom Petty doing the Bill Monroe special there. All right, let me get into this article here that I want to talk about. We're not battling craziness, we're battling evil. This is from the American Thinker by Trevor Thomas, October 19th. Ever since the election of Donald Trump as president of the United States, the American left has been, as my mother likes to put it, in rare form. Such form these last two years has resulted in obscene fits by individual leftists and, yes, liberal mobs. Someone should ask these petulant, angry leftists, as my mother did when she encountered a tantrum, do you get a fever from those fits? The answer is no, because in spite of what many have implied as they've witnessed the rage, violence, and vulgarities so often employed by today's liberals, we're not dealing with sickness or mere lunacy, craziness, stupidity, or even the deranged. These characterizations are tempting. I've used them myself and often accurate, but they fail to describe best what we're dealing with. As Selwyn Duke alluded to recently and others more directly, modern liberalism, aided and abetted by the Democratic Party, is a dastardly tool of the enemy of all mankind. It's like a modern-day Mephistopheles luring hordes of Faustian fools with promises of worldly pleasure, especially sex, and perpetual provision from a paternalist, godless nanny state. And this is true. You're seeing... Uh, I, I saw an 
uh, a video from a woman who went to a rally uh, of this Ocasio-Cortez uh, woman who is um, who's running for uh, who upset the congressman in the Bronx who had been there for 10 terms and she was talking at the rally about giving away all kinds of free things where do they think these free things come from the the failure of the American left today and the educated uh, people supposedly educated who don't even understand how the in the basic ways how things are made and, and built and created just this idea of let's give it all away um, and it starts with Bernie Sanders but it, it really is a, a crazy mindset that uh, doesn't make any sense such dark pursuits consume their personal lives and their politics as well. This is what results when one makes a god of government. See, that's the problem, is that uh, people have made out government to be their god. You know, it's this idea that the government can provide and uh, require things of those who produce them just look at Venezuela. Nobody's got anything down there now because government is God. Speaking of dark pursuits, it now seems that witches outnumber Presbyterians in the U.S. Speaking of witches, it seems that the Brevenal, Brett Kavanaugh, oh, that's a good way to put it, Brevenal, confirmation bought them even more into the mainstream of modern liberalism, so much that now that we've entered the Kavanaugh area of the Supreme Court, Vox, which is a left-wing website, saw fit to report on how modern-day witches are helping the faithful to cope. Part of this coping involves, this is demonic. It's satanic. It's coming from the pit of hell. I mean, that's the only thing I can tell you. And if this is what they're they're in league with if we elect democrats into a majority of any house of government it'll be complete chaos if this is what you want you know don't be fooled by the uh quaint ads that uh seem to say well you know i'm just uh, a regular person when that person becomes a vote for the Democratic Party, this is what you're going to get. Part of this coping involves placing hexes on Justice Kavanaugh. New York City witches have an event scheduled this coming Saturday for devoted occultists. A $10 donation is suggested for those attending. Half the proceeds will be split between Planned Parenthood and an LGBT organization. Justice Kavanaugh is just the latest target of those invoking witchcraft to magically bind Donald Trump and his organization. So if you look at this lust that for power that revolved around the Kavanaugh confirmation. It's the fear that legal abortion will be taken away. And in godless societies, child sacrifice is very high on the list of things that they do, uh, and the, the reason that uh, uh, these people are fighting so hard to maintain abortion 
and that Planned Parenthood has so much money and and uh, keeps doing this is because they have to continue to do these child sacrifices. It's as Rod Dreher notes. It's no surprise that witchcraft attracts feminazis who wish to rebel against age-old family norms and anything remotely resembling Christianity. Thus, it's also little surprise that witchcraft fits so nicely under the tent of modern liberalism. I mean, this, you know, you can argue policy and you can argue, well, uh, the liberals don't understand economics and uh, things like that. But, you know, the fact of the matter is there's something deeper and darker behind it um, that they keep hidden from view. And, and in some ways it's not hidden from view anymore. It's, it's, it's out there in the open. It seems that Arizona Democrat Kristen Sinema who's battling Colonel Martha McSally, a former fighter pilot and combat veteran, for Jeff Flake's seat in the U.S. Senate has long been impressed with those who invoke the dark arts. As the Washington Examiner notes, it was during the height of the Iraq War when Sinema, then a far-left protest organizer, summoned supernatural help to stop the war. Emails obtained by the Washington Examiner show Sinema inviting prominent coven of feminist witches in Arizona called Pagan Cluster to celebrate International Women's Day and protest the war in March of 2003. Code Pink pro protesters wore pink, obviously enough, and the women in black wore black. So you may say, well, you're crazy for saying this, but no, I... I think I'm called to call a spade a spade, so to speak. And I don't have any other agenda other than the truth. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration has announced National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day on October 27th. Take-Back Day is something the DEA does every spring and fall. It gives Americans an actionable way to combat the rising opioid problem that's sweeping the nation by safely turning in expired, unused, or unwanted prescription pills. According to Centers for Disease Control, sales of prescription opioids in the U.S. nearly quadrupled in the last 15 years. Safely disposing of unwanted pills prevents them from falling into the wrong hands and feeding an epidemic that kills more Americans than car accidents. Avoid medications from becoming lost, stolen, or misplaced. Clean out your medicine cabinet or anywhere you keep unwanted pills and turn them in at a designated DEA drop-off on October 27th from 10 until 2 p.m. DEAtakeback.com says this year's event will include over 5,000 collection sites across the country. Enter your zip code at DEAtakeback.com to find the nearest site or call 800-882-9539. Hurry in to Quantrill today and check out the all-new 2019 Cadillac X-T4 crossover. X-T4 is stunning inside and out, featuring modern amenities, advanced technology, and segment-leading rear legroom and knee clearance for backseat passengers. With X-T4, you don't have to settle. At Quantrill, build and price out yours with the color, interior trim, and features you want at a price you're willing to pay. And the best part? X-T4 starts at only $35,790 at Quantrill Cadillac. The Saudi government now claiming Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi was killed during a fist fight inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey earlier this month. 
Head of Turkish Arab Media Group calls for punishment for, quote, authority that gave the orders in killing of the Saudi writer, writer. Turkey says it's got evidence that Khashoggi was tortured, killed, and his body dismembered. President Trump last night says he accepts the Saudi statement, calling it a big first step. Saudi Arabia has been a great ally, but what happened is unacceptable. No one matched all six winning numbers in last night's Mega Millions. The grand prize now rolls over for a second record $1.6 billion in the jackpot, but Mega Millions Lottery Consortium Director Gordon Medenica says not everyone who bought a ticket is empty-handed this morning. There's lots of other prizes, and for example, last night's drawing, I think we had $15 million winners. Check those numbers. The next Mega Millions drawing is Tuesday. I'm Michelle Franz in ABC News. Got a busy weather day taking shape with a couple of systems impacting the area. One may produce a scattered shower, too, as the day wears on. We'll see highs today, upper 50s, low 60s. Winds are going to crank ahead of a strong cold front that arrives this evening. That temperature by 11 o'clock or so dropping into the upper 30s on a cold northwesterly wind. Upper 20s around to start the day on Sunday by the afternoon. Mix of sunny clouds, temperatures upper 40s to low 50s. I'm WKYT Chief Meerogist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Message and data rates may apply. Earning your degree from one of the top business schools in the country might sound impossible to fit into your workload. But what if there were a business degree that furthered your career and gave you access to world renowned faculty, leaders, and mentors, all on your schedule? One that opened doors to some of the most influential CEOs, tech companies, law firms, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And what if you could earn that degree in as little as 16 months, 100% online? To find out more, text TREND to 79645. That's T-R-E-N-D to 79645. Start your online MBA, information management, or business analytics master's program from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University today. Learn more about the W.P. Carey Business Graduate Programs online. Text TREND to 79645. That's T-R-E-N-D. Two seven nine six four five. Welcome to Tire Discounters. Oh, hiya, Phantom. What's up? I'm just checking in. It seems that customers are as happy as ever. They love buying four tires and getting a free alignment with standard installation. Just another happy, sunshiny Tire Discounters kind of day. And they're saving between $50 and $200 on every set. No. Yeah, big savings on brands like Michelin, Pirelli, and Cooper. It's a veritable cornucopia of savings. A what? Harvest big deals in October at Tire Discounters, like up to $200 off a set of tires. Six thirty, WLAP. On the Tom Dupree show. 
John Short. Good morning. Good morning, Hey American. Thank you. Welcome. What's going on today? Ready for our biggest egg. We've made about 35 billions. 35? Yep. The, the uh, betting line says it's only 12 and a half. Who cares what Las Vegas says? They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, they follow a lot of these games. You think we're going to beat them that bad? Yeah, the, my favorite Kentucky Vanderbilt game is 1978. You probably remember that when we won 53 to 2. Yeah. So they, the Vanderbilt had a safety. Yep. And we had 35 nothing lead. They scored a safety on us. And we just won 53 to 2. Yeah. And then we lost to Florida, 18 to 16. Lost Tennessee, 29 to 14. And Tennessee scored five field goals in that game. In, the, in, in 1978? Yep. I'll be darned. I'd uh, just gotten out of college. Okie dokie. And, and for Trump's rally, he's doing great. We need to be all the Bolsheviks in November, sweeping all the way through for Senate and Congress and all the governors. Just have all the constitutions just win and sweep them out. Right. That's what we Well, need. that's what I've been reading, basically, is that it is similar to the Bolsheviks. Yep. That's why Bolshevikism is a dangerous, vicious mental disorder. Yeah. It is a mental disorder. Yep. And just that's why we don't need any of them to win. And we need Nancy Pelosi to be gone. We need her to, to be gone. And, right. And what what Hillary Clinton did with the emails and what Maxine Waters says, they need to, they need to be arrested. <laughs> well. And they need to go to Blackburn. Yeah, you gotta you you gotta uh, have a criminal reason to arrest people, but that's fine. Um, John, let me ask you something. Uh, what kind of game do you think Terry Wilson will have tonight? I think we have a great game. I, I think he should go on and throw the ball thirty-five to forty times today, and, r- and run the ball 110, 115 times. Yeah, he looked he looked kind of tentative in the uh, Texas A and M game. Yeah, because like their players a, is, is much tougher than our players. Yeah, he looked like uh, he he looked like he was afraid to get hit or something like that. He was kind of scared looking in the Texas A and M game. Yeah, and, and Mark Sue said he almost put in another quarterback in. He almost he almost put in get a hold in. Or, yeah. All right, John. Well, we'll see if they win by the thirty-five biggins you say they're going to. Yep. And All right. Are you going to be a great game tonight? And yeah. Find out audio version of Mike Savage's new book. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. Okie dokie. I'll keep an eye open for it. Okie dokie. All right, you're a great American. You're a great American, and we just, all the conservatives need to win yep. easily, not just barely, just easily win. All right, we'll see what happens. Yes, indeedy. Thank you. Welcome. That, you know, he was calling them Bolsheviks. It's not far off. There's an article here that uh, I want to read from called The Ideological Conversion of the Democratic Party. In his January 1989 State of the Union address, President Ronald Reagan said, yes, we will have our differences, but let us always remember what unites us far outweighs whatever divides us. 
That's really not true nowadays. The point the president was making that we are all Americans and we all share the same ideals and aspirations, self-reliance, belief in a free market economy, and a commitment to the democratic process. The current political environment, however, is fundamentally different. It's fundamentally different these days. Today's Democratic Party does not offer a different philosophy for achieving the same objective. For years, this, by the way, is an article from the American Thinker written by Andrew Markovsky. Um, for years, it has had a different philosophy and different objectives entirely. The ideological paradigm of today's Democrats is Obama's neo-Marxist version of socialism. The driving force, which is bondage, the hand that feeds you, controls you. See, if people could just see this, they would never vote for another Democrat again because um, it's the philosophy behind, the governing philosophy behind the party. Don't worry about personalities. They they may seem to be uh, attractive in some ways, but you're voting for a philosophy, the philosophy of which is enslavement. Devotion to the socialist cause has turned Democrats in the House and Senate into what Bolshevik Leon Trotsky called the voting herd, acting much like the unthinking members of the... And think about it. They all vote against whatever the president says there's no place for any um, any individuals except perhaps somebody like um, the guy from West Virginia, Manchin, to step up and say, you know, I disagree with this. Nobody votes on their own. called the voting herd, acting much like unthinking members of the Soviet Congress of People's Representatives that for 70 years unanimously approved every one of the Communist Party's programs. There was never any asking, what do you think about this? What do you think, you know, what does your individual conscience say? Just like the Soviet Politburo, a small group of ideologically driven Democrats in leadership positions formulates the policies while the majority possessing a limited understanding of the underlying ideology and not overburdened by convictions or moral virtues is enmeshed in a philosophy that destroys individualism and self-reliance and fosters the blind following of leaders. This is what you have nowadays. Now people would say, well, that happens on the Republican side too. And I'm not saying it doesn't. But it's based on a different world viewpoint. This viewpoint, it, it's, it's not, it, it is a viewpoint that's really un-American, that is not what we have come to accept as the American view of things over the years, although they try to um, subsume parts of it and bring it into their platform to make it look like this is, what it is you know 89 combat missions okay so we're supposed to believe that this person is red white and blue but when you really get down to it uh, she's going to vote for just what the democrats say 
and she's being put up by and Nancy Pelosi to do that sort of thing. The psychopaths have turned this once respected political party of John Kennedy, Henry Jackson, and Mike Mansfield into a socialist cartel. This is this is becoming their main plank is socialism, which is is destroys the individual. It is not a stretch to equate the Democratic Party with the ideas of socialism and the principles of the Bolsheviks' Democrat centralism. The core principle of Democratic centralism is the decisions of higher bodies shall be absolutely binding on lower bodies and on all party members. No room for dissension. No room to say, my conscience tells me this is wrong. If your conscience tells you it's wrong, then you're going to be banished. We'll put you in prison. The decisions of higher bodies shall be absolutely binding on lower bodies and on all party members. The party, re- party requires uniformity of thought and action, exhibits signs of Soviet obedience, and equates the will of the party with the will of the people. The ideological conversion eroded democratic values, forced the Democrats to abandon their principles, and eventually led to the moral degeneration of the party. That's what you have today. You have a party that is morally degenerate. Now, I'm not saying the Republicans are bright, shining um, examples of purity. But this party, the Democrats, have given itself to these things. And part of what is, one of the tenets is abortion, which is uh, child sacrifice. Unable to offer an ideologically sustainable alternative to capitalism and powerless to stop Trump's massive onslaught on social problems, the Democrats have purposely been trying to work America into a deadlock by employing potent Marxist tactics, resistance, demagoguery, and lies. In a concerted effort to paralyze executive authority, they blatantly subvert every program on the president's agenda, actively support a collective mania for ever more sweeping investigations of dubious claims, rumors, unsubstantiated allegations, and innuendos that has descended over the president, his family, his associates and nominees. And this is true. You know, um, Mueller's getting ready to come out with a bunch of findings and, and people are saying, don't expect too much. Liberals, you're going to be disappointed. So he has been hounded by this guy and the Justice Department for going on two years now. And there's not going to be much there. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. This high stakes political battle. The fight. Fight for America's soul. We gotta fight like hell. To shift the balance. Take control of the House. Take back the Senate. Of power. Power. That's what the election is about. Updates on the midterms. Back and forth until November. On News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. 
Do you understand your retirement savings and investments? Do you know how much you can reasonably expect to take from them after you retire without diminishing the principal? If you haven't thought about these things, you should because they can affect how long your money may last. At Dupree Financial Group, we've been following things like this for some time. Our goal for our clients is to make their investments produce income for them from dividends and interest without diminishing their principal. If you'd like a free consultation about your retirement investments, give us a call at 859-233-0400. We'll give you an honest assessment of what we think your investments will produce for you in retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, dupreefinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give an answer that you want me to. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. There's an interesting uh, article written by Bill Gates called How Paul Allen Changed My Life. Uh, Paul Allen passed away this week. He was the one of the co-founders of Microsoft and a little bit older than Bill Gates and a hugely successful uh, entrepreneur, multi-billionaire who um, did so many things after he left Microsoft with the uh, money that he had made. He was the owner of the Seattle Seahawks and... uh, I believe also the the Seattle Supersonics, maybe the Portland Trailblazers, I'm not sure, but I wanted to read from this written by Bill Gates. I met Paul Allen, this is in the Wall Street Journal, how Paul Allen changed my life. I met Paul Allen when I was in the seventh grade and it changed my life. I looked up to him right away. He was two years ahead of me in school, really tall and proved to be a genius with computers. Later, he also had a very cool beard, the type I could never pull off myself. We bonded over the teletype that some students' mothers had brought for the school and it connected to a remote mainframe. (coughs) Eventually, we were spending just about all our free time messing around with any machine we could get our hands on. At an age when other high school kids were sneaking out of the house to go partying, Paul and I would sneak out at night to go use the computers in a lab at the University of Washington. 
it sounds geeky and it was, but it was also a formative experience. And I'm not sure I would have had the courage to do it without Paul. I know it would have been a lot less fun. Borrowing computer time illicitly would become something of a theme for us. Later, when I was a student at Harvard, I got in trouble for letting Paul use the campus computer lab without permission. Even in high school, before most people knew what a personal computer was, Paul predicted the chips would get super powerful and would eventually give rise to a whole new industry. So this article shows pictures of, of Paul Allen uh, on this old computer that had a dial, uh, it had a dial pad on it. Not, not a push button thing, but uh, a dial pad sitting at this computer and, and Bill Gates, who really looks like about a 12 year old standing and watching him. Many people don't know that Microsoft wasn't the first project we did together. That was something we called the Trafo data, a machine that would analyze the information gathered by traffic monitors on city streets. We thought it was a great demonstration of the power of these new devices. We got a prototype up and working, and we imagined ourselves selling it all over the country. But no one wanted to buy the machines, and so we had to wind it all down. So their first venture was not Microsoft. It was this other uh, thing. We decided to start our next more successful venture in December of 1974. Paul and I were both living in the Boston area. He was working and I was going to college. One day he came and got me, insisting that I rush over to a nearby newsstand. When we arrived, he showed me the cover of the January issue of Popular Electronics. It featured a new computer called the Altair 8800, which ran on a powerful new chip. Paul looked at me and said, This is happening without us. That moment marked the end of my college career and the beginning of our new company called Microsoft. In those days, the chips were so limited that you couldn't do what's called native development. You couldn't use a machine that, with that chip in it as you were developing the software for it. That made pretty writing code for those chips pretty challenging. Paul had a great idea to write some code that would let us emulate those chips on a more powerful computer then poured it over to the machine with the less powerful chip. That breakthrough was important for a lot of Microsoft's early success, and Paul deserves credit for it. Isn't this amazing? As the first person I ever partnered with, Paul set a standard that few other people could meet. He had a wide-ranging mind and a special talent for explaining complicated subjects in a simple way. As an adult, he pursued a huge spectrum of interests, including the arts, conservation, and artificial intelligence. He wanted to prevent elephant poaching, promote smart cities, and accelerate brain research. Because I was lucky enough to know him from such a young age, I saw that before the rest of the world did, once when I was a teenager, I got curious about, of all things, gasoline. What did refining even mean? I turned to the most knowledgeable person I knew, Paul explained it in a super clear and interesting way. It was just one of many enlightening conversations we would have over the coming decades. And it was truly a mentor-mentee kind of experience where they both evidently 
just flourished in each other's presence. Paul was cooler than I was, says Bill Gates. He was really into Jimi Hendrix, and I remember him playing Are You Experienced for Me. I wasn't experienced at much of anything back then. Um, and Paul wanted to share this amazing music with me. That's the kind of person he was. He loved life and the people around him, and it showed. His generosity was as wide-ranging as his interest. In our hometown of Seattle, Paul helped fund homeless shelters, brain research, and arts education. He also built the amazing Museum of Pop Culture, which houses some of his huge collection of music, science fiction, and movie memorabilia. When I think about Paul, I remember a passionate man who held his family and friends dear. I also remember a brilliant technologist and philanthropist who wanted to accomplish great things and did. Paul deserved more time in life. He would have made the most of it. I will miss him tremendously. You know, this is the product of a free society and free people able to uh, associate freely to do great things. Paul Allen was really, um, as Bill Gates has said, the personal computer revolution would not have happened without Paul Allen. Gates was kind of the businessman who sat down and and made Microsoft go. Paul Allen was the entrepreneur. He was the guy who saw what it could become, and, of course, he retained a ton of stock and was able to do lots of things with it. But he left Microsoft to become an investor in a big way in many, many things. And uh, the world is a, is a, a lesser place for not having him anymore. Um, I've not been a big investor in technology. It's been to my own dismay that that's the case. But uh, it is, uh, you know, I have to have tremendous amounts of uh, love and respect for these big tech titans like a Paul Allen, like a Bill Gates, who are basically my age. So my hat's off to, to him. All right, stay with us. Philip Sexton here. We will pick up on investing when we come back. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP.